Okay, Masechet Shekalim, Daf Chaf Bet. Continuing, we begin with the Mishnah and uh, hope to finish the Perek. Uh, in the previous Mishnah, we're talking about a Parochet uh, that becomes Tameh, and depending on the level of Tumah, you can take it to the Mikveh on Harabait if it's a low-level Tumah, or you have to remove it from Harabait if it's a high-level Tumah. Uh, so, on continue on that, on that theme, what if meat of uh, sacrifices become tameh, then where, you have to burn it. But the question is, where do you have to get it off the uh, uh, temple mount and burn it outside, or can you burn it right on the spot? Well, it depends on two factors, as follows. Besad kodshe kodashim. Uh, so uh, a meat of kodesh kodeshim like an ola and became becomes tameh ben be'avatuma ben bivladatuma. It doesn't matter what what level, whether it's avatuma meaning it touched a dead mouse or veladatuma. Let's say a dead mouse touched a bowl and then that meat was uh, touched that the meat touched the bowl. So then it's only secondary. Uh, it doesn't matter either level ben bifnim ben bachutz whether it became tameh outside or inside the Bet HaMikdash. So those are the two factors. We're going to see now four opinions of the Tanaim, uh, like every different possibility. Bet Shammai Omerim HaKol Yisaref Bifnim Chutz Meshenitma Be'avatuma Bachutz. So Bet Shammai says, everything should be burnt in be- inside the Bet HaMikdash, burn it right there, except for one case. If it has a high level, it became Tameh because it touched the Shedas directly, and that happened outside. So then you're not going to bring it in to burn it. So, right, so then you leave it out. But every other case, if it was only velada tuma and it was outside, then you bring it in and burn it. And any case that we became tame inside, you burn it inside. So he's the inside guy. He says, no, every case, burn it outside except for one. If it was only a low-level tuma. Right, only touched something that touched uh, a dead mouse, and it became tameh inside. Then, since it's low level and it's already inside, so then just burn it inside. Otherwise, all three other cases uh, burns it goes burnt outside. Um, so Betilel is the outside guy. Almost every case is outside. Now, two more opinions. Rabbi El Azad Omer she nitma be'avatuma ben bifnim ben bachutz yisaref bachutz. He says that you only follow the level of Tumah. If it became Tameh with Ava Tumah, then it doesn't matter where it became Tameh, it has to be outside. That's a high level Tumah, we got to get it out of here. Um, but if it's a lower level Tumah, only secondary, Vlada Tumah is the same as saying Rishon La Tumah. Then whether it happened outside or inside, you burn it inside because it's low level. So we'd rather it be inside. So he's all about the level. Rabbi Akiva says, it's the place that distinguishes if it became Tameh outside, leave it there. If it became Tameh inside, then burn it inside. It doesn't matter what level it is. Okay, uh, so now that we got every possibility, now we're going to add two, another factor, one more machloket of Amoraim, and then we'll put all the pieces together. This is actually a good suya to transition back to the Bavli because it's really complex, right? Kind of like you'd expect in the, more in the Talmud Bavli. Bar kapara amar avatuma devar Torah veladatuma medivrehem. When the Mishnah here talks about veladatuma, what kind of veladatuma is it? Doraita or drabanan? When it says avatuma, all, and any avatuma is midoraita, um, but vladatuma could be midrabanan. How so? Well, the rabbis say that liquids, if a liquid, even if a liquid is sheni or shilishila tuma, if it touches something, 
that thing that it touches becomes a Rishon. So you can actually go up a level, right? From Shilishi back up to Rishon. The rabbis made that, they made that decree because of uh, the movie we saw yesterday, the saliva of Azav is liquid and yet it's an Avatum'ah. So because uh, it's hard to distinguish between the source of liquids, so they made a, a Gezera on all liquids. Uh, so Bar Kapara says, that's what it's talking about here, because otherwise, why would you distinguish if they're both the Oraita? So the Mishnah must be talking about Vlada Tumah However, the Biochanan says, Ben Ze, Ben Ze, Devar Torah. No, the Mishnah is talking about all, oh, both are le- levels of Midde uh, Oraita, whether it's an Av or Vlad, but they're both Midde Oraita. Now we'll analyze the Mishnah according to each of these opinions. We start with Rabbi Yochanan. How, how are we going to interpret Bet Shammai according to Rabbi Yochanan that says that both levels of Tumah are Deoraita? He's the inside guy. Almost every three out of four cases you burn it inside. Unless it got Tameh outside and it was a high level. Why should he make a distinction, however, between Avatuma and Vladatuma? If Vladatuma is also Devar Torah, so since it's Devar Torah also, so then the Vladatuma also take it outside, make all four cases outside. Why would you distinguish if it's still the Oraita? Right? I mean, it's just like you can't have Avatuma in the Beta Mikdash, you can't have Vladatuma in the Beta Mikdash. If it was only Drabanan, then okay, you can understand why if it's only Drabanan, you can leave it in. So that's a question to, uh, according to Rabbi Yochanan for Bet Shammai. And and according to Rabbi Yochanan, we have a similar question against him, how he will interpret Bet Hillel. The Bet Hillel Amar HaKol Yisaref Bachutz Chutz Mishma Shenitma Bivlada Tuma Bifnim. Bet Hillel is the outside guy. Three out of four cases, you burn them outside. Ma ben Vlada Tuma Bifnim, Ma ben Ava Tuma Bifnim. So why would he make a distinction between the secondary Vlada Tuma inside that he says that you uh, leave it in and Ava Tuma? that he says you have to take it out. Since they're both Devar Torah, so why don't you let them, so then why don't you kick them all out, right? It, has, it should be the same law. There's no reason to distinguish between the levels, levels of Tumah if they're all Deoraita. Okay, those are questions and we leave it. We don't answer these questions. Um, right, I think the Bavli would never, would never leave a question like that unanswered. Okay, but we leave that because when the, when the rabbis discussed this Mishnah, they didn't discuss it according to the Biochanan. They assumed, like Bar Kapara, that it's talking about Vlada Tuma, Banan. I think this is very interesting. There was like a certain set curriculum. Whenever we come and talk about this Mishnah, this is the discussion. And discussion always follows, we assume Bar Kapara in the discussion. So the previous one, that's why there was no discussion about it. That's why there's no answers. So now let's go with Bar Kapara. According to Bar Kapara, how is he going to explain Bet Shammai? Here's the problem. He's the inside guy. Unless it's a high level and it was already outside. So according to him, if it's so high level and you kick it out when it's already outside, you burn it outside when it's already outside, well, then you should kick it out when it's inside too, right? Aren't they both midoraita and both very stringent? Why does he allow you to burn it inside if it's already inside? 
we do answer this question. Well, Bet Shammai partly agrees with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says one of the, Rabbi Akiva says the only factor is where it became Tameh. Bet Shammai will say, I agree with you regarding uh, Vlad, if it's Vlad Atuma, if it's already inside, then I'll leave it inside. But I disagree with you if it's a avatuma and it's inside, then you should take it out because that is more uh, stringent. So it's a combination. Um, and now, according to Bar Kapara, who also, again, says that the distinction, it's he, we have a question how we, he will interpret Bet Everything is burnt outside except for that one case that's lower level and it's already inside. Question on him. So why should you make a distinction between whether it was inside or outside since it's been So always burn it inside in both cases. Why do you have to kick it out? Okay, truth is, we could have uh, answered here with Rabbi Akiva that he partially agrees with Rabbi Akiva, but it sounds like, um, but instead we uh, we answer with a different uh, statement that, that Rabbi Shimon says that Misora, Misora gets kicked out of all three machanot, right? We saw that back in Pesachim, he has to leave all of Jerusalem, not only him, but all his food and drink that he has with him that also gets kicked out. And the implication is even his drink or food that's uh, we also kick out. So therefore, since we have a rule about that, so uh, even though it's um, that, that's why Betilel says, if it's outside, then you're going to burn it outside. Um, okay, good. And now the uh, next Mishnah, Evre, final Mishnah, Evre HaTamid Nitanin Mehasi Kebesh Ulmata. So when, uh, on, a, on a, every day, they would burn the Korban Tamid. And the process was, first they would do Shechitan the Korban Tamid and take uh, and separate all its pieces. Those, the, the, all the parts that would go, that would be burnt on the Mizbeach, weren't burnt right away um, because first they had to do the ketoret and other prayers. So there was a waiting period. So what do you do with the pieces of the animal after you did shechita, but before they're put on the mizbeach to actually be burnt on the fire? So the answer is we put them on the ramp, right? There's that big ramp, it's very wide and very long. And so we take all the pieces and while you line them up uh, on the bottom half of the ramp, and it would be to the, the Western side. So Western side, right, when, if you would enter the Bet HaMikdash, right, from the Sha'ar uh, Nikanor, kind of facing the Kodash Kodashim, you'd be facing West. So it would be the, the part of the ramp that's closest to the Kodesh. Um, okay, so you put, you line up all the pieces of the animal there while you're doing Ketoret and the prayers. Shel um, Musafin, on days when we have Musaf, Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, holidays, then you do Shechita also on that. You take all the pieces that will be burned. You line them up on the eastern half of the lower, the, the, the eastern part of the lower half of the ramp. So on those days, you might have both, right? You'd have the Korban Tamid on the right side of the ramp and the Musaf on the left side of the ramp. Sorry, I said Rosh Chodesh before. I shouldn't have said that. Rosh Chodesh uh, Musaf gets uh, is goes on not uh, on on top of the mizbeach 
there was a walkway all around, right? That to, that the Kohen could walk around. So that that those go um, those go on that ledge where the Kohen uh, Kohen would walk. That is very interesting. How about nowadays, right? Do we still have to give machasita shekel? The answer is no. When there's no better mikdash, then there's no obligation to give machasita shekel or bikurim, because after all, machasita shekel is for the uh, is for the upkeep and for the communal sacrifices. There's no communal communal sacrifices. There's no point in giving machazita shekel. Bikurim also is directly connected to Bet Mikdash. You have to bring your basket to the Bet Mikdash and say that mikra bikurim. So without a Bet Mikdash, both of these, uh, there's no need to bring them. Aval maasar dagan maasar giving maaser on produce, this would include teruma also, or maaser of every tenth animal and the bechor of the animals. All that that's uh, it's that gets you know these get donated to the to the levim to the kohanim and they're not they're not uh, uh, as intimately tied to the bet mikdash. So these do apply uh, even when there's no bet mikdash. Even nowadays, uh, okay, there's a huge machloket whether ma'aseh, Turuman ma'aseh applies nowadays midoraita or midirabanan. Uh, we'll see a little bit more about that. But if you go to Israel today, uh, you, know, you have to worry about, you have to learn all about these laws and you have to worry about the Turuman and ma'aseh. Ha-makadish shekalimu bikurim kodesh. Uh, now, what if we just said you don't have to bring machzita shekel or bikurim? But what if you do? What if nowadays someone says, right, this coin is going to be for machzita shekel, so it becomes consecrated according to this opinion? You see, we have a big problem because now nowadays in Adar we put out a plate right in the bet knesset and we say zechel lemachzita shekel. But you have to be careful, make sure that people say only zechel lemachzita shekel. If someone comes and says this is my machzita shekel. Then it could be that coin is actually consecrated and cannot be used for anything else. Right? You have to put it on the side, and uh, one day when the Beit Hamikdash is built, then you bring it. Otherwise, you can't use it for anything. Uh, so with that, that according to that opinion, Rabbi Shimon Omer Haomer Bikurim Kodesh Enan Kodesh. Rabbi Shimon disagrees and says if you take some fruit, the first fruit, and you say, "Here's my first fruit. This is Kodesh." It doesn't work. It, this the halacha can only apply in the Beit Hamikdash, and that fruit does not become consecrated. So you see, he only disagrees regarding bikurim. Uh, that seems to mean that he agrees regarding machazita shekel. That if you consecrated it, it would in fact become machazita shekel. We'll see. The Gemara will bring a differing, a differing version of the Bishimon. All right. Now ezehu karkova mizbeach. We mentioned that the pieces of the musaf for Rosh Chodesh. Uh, don't go on the ramp, but rather on the on the karkov. What is that? Uh, the Mizbeach had four corners, and so the area between the four corners uh, was a, a, a ledge where the Kohanim would walk when they, if they want to walk around the, Miz, the Mizbeach. Okay, let's say you have Shabbat and there's Rosh Chodesh. You have Musafin for both. Which one should you bring first? He thought to say that you bring Rosh Chodesh first. Uh, why would he say that? <clears throat> the strength of his argument is from the follow, is from the Braita. 
that talks about the songs of the Levi'im. Shiro shel Shabbat v'shiro shel Rosh Chodesh, shiro shel Rosh Chodesh kodem. Because when they're going to start singing a song, there are Tehillim that are associated with Rosh Chodesh and also with, um, uh, with Shabbat. So which one should they sing first? They sing, um, they sing Rosh Chodesh first. So since they're singing the songs of Rosh Chodesh first, that implies that they should bring the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh first and only then Shabbat. All right, that looks like a good proof, but it's rejected. Now, the only reason they said Rosh Chodesh first is to make publicize the announcement that today is Rosh Chodesh. Everybody knows it's Shabbat. That's the regular pattern, but not everybody's going to know it's Rosh Chodesh. So they want to say, sing that first and only then. But that doesn't necessarily have to do with the Korbanot, because the Korbanot, the Kohanim are doing, and they know the right day, so they're not, that's not publicizing it. The song we need for the public, and they need to know that information first. So, So in fact, you would do Shechita on Musaf of Shabbat first, even though the Leviim are singing the songs of Rosh Chodesh first. So they're singing about Rosh Chodesh while the Kohanim are preparing Musaf of Shabbat. And then they would do the other way around. But we have to follow the principle that we, so we uh, sacrifice Shabbat first because Hashem kol hatadir mechavero kodem et chavero. Anything that is more frequent takes precedence over something else, and Shabbat is more frequent than Rosh Chodesh. You see, there's the, there's the formulation in Yerushalmi, in the, in the Bavli, we have the, uh, the more usual for, formulation that we're used to, tadir v'shenot tadir, tadir kodem, but this formulation of Yerushalmi is probably older. And next, shekalim ubikurim, uh, we mentioned uh, that if someone actually tries to get, they, they do not apply nowadays. Um, uh, and, and, but if when someone tries to do it then, it, then it does, in fact, become consecrated. The Bishimon only disagreed regarding Bikurim. So we say, Hashikalim Kachu. Sounds like everybody would agree that if someone takes a coin and says, this is Machazita Shekel, nowadays, it actually becomes consecrated. However, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Elu ben Elu lo kachu. He has a different version of Rabbi Shimon in which Rabbi Shimon says both Bikurim and Machasita Shekel. If you consecrate them nowadays, does nothing happens. They're not consecrated. Um, okay, we'll get back to that. At the, this will be the last line that we'll get to. Tane ger bazman hazeh sarich lavi kino rebi'it kes. This is a very interesting halacha. Someone wants to convert. So we know how do you convert to Judaism? You have to go to the mikveh, and for a male, they have to do circumcision. But there actually are other requirements. They have to bring a korban and get sprinkled by blood. How do we know that? Well, we learn it from B'nai Israel at Ma'amad Har Sinai. When they entered into the Brit at Ma'amad Har Sinai, there were korbanot, right? And remember, the Brit Aganot, Moshe sprinkled blood on them. And so that really was a conversion process for the whole nation. So for all time, anyone who wants to convert has to go through a similar process and bring a korban. Now, nowadays, they can't bring a korban, so it's not required, and someone can become a convert even without bringing that korban. Nevertheless, according to this baraita, they should bring some money set aside that one day when the Beit HaMikdash is built, they will buy a pair of doves, and you can use the cheapest price, so they should set aside the bi'it kesef. Even though that was the original law, the Biochanim Ben Zakai, he was the greatest sage of the generation, 
that who witnessed the bet, the destruction of the Bet Mikdash. He tried to save it, but he couldn't. And he made many takanot, very very important sage, uh, to help the transition from the Bet Mikdash times through the destruction, so that uh, Bnei Israel could could follow halacha even post destruction. He did many things, including uh, 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 lulav and shofar. And one of the things he did is he says. Um, that you don't have to, someone who converts does not have to set aside money. Why? Because of a mishap. What's the mishap? You're going to set aside money, right? And uh, who knows when the Bet HaMikdash is going to, he had, he, I think he understood. It might be a long time. It's not going to be next year or 10 years. So you're going to put that money on the side. What's going to happen to it? Uh, people are going to forget what it is. You know, another uh, 20 years, 100 years, someone's going to find the coin and they're going to go and, uh, and uh, buy something within the store. And then they're going to uh, violate, right, using consecrated uh, money. And so therefore, Rabbi Yochan ben Zakai says, don't do it anymore. No need, uh, uh, um, better better to leave it alone. So now we explain, mahu what does he mean? Because of something that might go wrong. And Bebraita uh, says, nowadays, we should not make things that hektesh, we should not, we should not make a vow about uh, evaluations. You say, I donate my worth to the Bet HaMikdash or make a cherem, all three different ways of donating to the Bet HaMikdash, making something consecrated. Uh, because what, what are you going to do with it? We can't, you can't bring it anywhere. Nor should you separate Teruman Maser nowadays because right, who are you going to give it to? If you did donate something to Beta Mikdash, then you have to destroy it. If it's clothing, so it should be burnt. Um, if it's an animal, it should be destroyed. How so? Uh, you lock it in a noel, noel you lock it in a room and it dies by hunger, right? Terrible. If it's money, you have to throw them into the Dead Sea so no one will ever fish them out because uh, nobody fishes in the Dead Sea. Uh, and so they'll never never be found. So you see, this is a takala because anything you donate, it's not going to go to any productive purpose. You're just going to have to destroy it. So therefore, better not to donate at all. And that's the takala that the Biochanan ben Zakai was also talking about. Now, next question is, what if someone did do it anyway, even though the Biochanan ben Zakai says you shouldn't, you don't have to, what if uh, someone converted and they did donate money, said this will be for my uh, future korban. Avar vehikdish, min mate amar bishimon bitte laha, rabban Yochanan ben Zakai mipna takala hadamara. Well, since we explained, the Bishamon explained the words of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, that it's because of mishap, it sounds like if you do uh, go against this takana and you make it hektesh, then it will actually be consecrated. That's why you had to make the takana. Don't do it because otherwise it works. So um, that money does become consecrated. And now, based on that, we have a question. It'd be Yode and Todaria, name of a place, uh, I'm not sure where it is. Uh, so this would be Yode. Yode is also short for Yehuda. They just didn't pronounce the He in Eretz Yisrael. All right, we'll go back to normal spelling in the Bavli tomorrow. Um, we seem to have a contradiction between uh, two Baraitot because over here, uh, we just mentioned that the um, if a convert does consecrate money for his pair of doves, then it is consecrated. And yet we saw before that according to the Bishimon ben Yehuda's version of the Bishimon, if one consecrates Bikurim or Machasita Shekel, 
it does not become consecrated. So which one is it? So the answer is, there's a difference between the two cases. For Machasita Shekel, you have to give Machasita Shekel each and every year for that year, right? So now if I decide right today to say, I'm going to give this Machasita Shekel. Now comes Nisan. Nisan is when they actually uh, make the withdrawal. And so it would have to be in before that date. Now, if the Bet HaMikdash is not built from now till Nisan, and that I'm still, I'm still holding on to the Machzit HaShekel next year and two years and three years from now, it can't even be used anymore, right? So there, that's why it, that's why it doesn't work. If I try to give something Machzit HaShekel, it has to be for this year, and the likelihood is that Bet HaMikdash will not be built, and it's just going to be something old. So therefore, it does not apply at all. However, regarding the convert, who wants to bring his uh, pair of doves? So, what's your problem? That's old. That's fine. It can be. Uh, it can be old. Right? If I consecrate something now as a as a uh, korban, this animal is going to be. Uh, this money will be used to buy an animal for a korban. Then it can be in ten years or hundred years. Doesn't matter. Right? It could still be used. That's why that consecration does work. And so leave it on the side, and this will be for the time the Bet HaMikdash is built. So that explains the difference between them. Now we question that. Wait, how do you know the Bet HaMikdash won't be built this year? Right? Maybe it will. Right? So I should give, if I give Machzit shekel, there is a possibility that I will be able to bring it this year before Nisan. So what are you going to say about that? And we have no answer. I like this. This is fantastic because it's a, like a technical halachic argument, but it's actually much more of a uh, theological political argument of how, how soon to expect Mashiach, right? So is this going to be any day now? Or should we dig in, you know, relax, uh, make systems, build schools, build homes, because it might be a while. And so this, uh, this, uh, this halakha of whether you, could, you can even bring machzit shekel if you want to, depends on the expectation of when the, uh, of when Bet HaMikdash will be built. And lastly, Rav Shimon. He says, finally, that the law is like Rabbi Shimon. This is all confusing because we had two versions of Rabbi Shimon. So which one is it? The version of, the, of Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah says, Bikurim doesn't work. But shekalim does work, right? It is consecrated. The version of the Braita says both of them don't work. And so we end on actually an, an ambiguous note about this very halacha that we've, we've been talking about. Rambam assumes that it's talking about the Rabbi Shimon who says in the Mishnah that says it does work. So according to that, if someone does bring machazit shekel nowadays, it does in fact become consecrated. And that goes along with the, uh, with the worldview that who knows, the Bet HaMikdash could be built this very year, and that's why it could be, we would use it for this coming Nisan uh, to bring the communal korbanot. So through this, uh, through this study and learning of all the details of Machasita Shekel, we end with a note of hope that we can uh, once again bring that Machasita Shekel and join in together for all those communal sacrifices. Hadran alach pere kol harukin, uselika la masechet shekalim. And now we could say the Hadran alach together. If you want to uh, read along, you can.
or listen. Hadran alach masechet shekalim v'hadrach alan datan alach masechet shekalim v'datach alan lan nit neshemina masechet shekalim v'lan nit neshemina la ba'al mahaden v'la ba'al mahadate hadran alach masechet shekalim v'hadrach alan datan alach masechet shekalim v'datan alan v'datach alan lan neshemina masechet shekalim v'lan neshemina la ba'al mahadate v'la ba'al mahaden v'la ba'al mahadate hadran alach masechet shekalim v'hadrach alan datan alach masechet shekalim v'datach alan lan nit neshemina masechet we mention all the names of these sons of uh, Papa because they were famous for making a party whenever someone was uh, completed learning Torah. So in their uh, in their in their in, the, in their spirit in their memory, we mention them as we also make uh, this celebration. Thank <laughs> you.